Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thank you for downloading the Final Furlong Podcast. I am Emma Kennedy alongside Sky Sports Racings and the first lady of the Final Furlong Podcast, Miss Vanessa Ryle. Hello. Who is all set for the five days of Royal Ascot. And of course, at the races pundit, my good friend, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! Who is with me for all five days of Royal Ascot. Peter T. Fornatal uh, joins us for day three tomorrow. He's already been on for day one, so you can listen to that now on At The Races, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast app. For day two, we will begin with the Queen Mary Stakes, where currently on At The Races, the betting is headed by Final Song at around about five to one. Uh, Kimari, fours and fives, it's kind of... Take, pay your money, take your choice in that one. And as fast as around about sevens for Wesley Ward and Good Vibes, who Vanessa Ryle is just going to love in terms of names. Uh, Kevin, for you, where are you leaning in the Queen Mary stakes, my friend? Uh, I'm all over the shop with the Queen Mary um, because uh. Ch- Chase and Dreams was my long-term fancy for the race. And uh, it was revealed this morning that she won't be running. She's had a little setback, so... Um, pretty sickened over that. I need to go back to the drawing board. Um, but I, I was, to be fair, I was impressed with Final Song, um, another good Alfin horse when she made a winning debut at Ascot um, on what's likely to be much more much different ground to what she'll encounter next week, even though as we are recording, uh, the latest going update has come out from Ascot and it's soft, um, but they're very hopeful that it will be dried out to good ground um, come Tuesday, which would suit most people, I'd imagine. And uh, the ground was officially soft when Final Song made her winning debut. But uh, according to time form, it was more like good to soft. Uh, and looking at her action, she should be just fine on a sounder surface. And it, it ticked a lot of the boxes, really, in terms of what you want to see from an, an, from an Ascot filly. And she's going to be my starting point. But like I say, I am back to the drawing board. Um, and I need to watch a lot more videos between now and Wednesday before I get my final answer. We should talk about that very quickly then, Kev, because the weather forecast has become desperately unreliable. Uh, I had to keep a close eye on it for this week. Um, my mother was going on holidays. Thankfully, she's in a good enough position to be going doing that, which is fantastic. And the forecast was rain, 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 rain. The sun has been splitting the stones every single day that she's there. So it's a highly unreliable weather forecast these days. Um, but we have seen... We had the infamous race at Haydock uh, on Saturday, as we record this on Thursday. And, um, you know, we had beautiful weather there last year and lovely ground. The last thing you want to see is 
hailstone showers, snowstorms, whatever it's going to be, <laughs> and end, ending up with just, you don't want to see soft ground at Ascot. You just don't want to see that for the Royal Meeting. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully Vanessa Ryle will bring the smile and the sun to Ascot. Uh, we'll start with Kimari. I'll just steal Peter T. Fornital's work. I'm pretty sure he's going to mention the horse on the Day 3 podcast, but we talked about her yesterday. And um, he's all over this horse. All over this horse for that man, Wesley Ward. Definitely his most confident selection of Ward's horses. Uh, she won in typical Wesley Ward style. She's by Munnings. Uh, she's owned by Choin. She was bred by China Horse Club. She's owned by Ten Brook Farm. And she won by just the 15 lengths on fast ground on dirt on debut and she's top price fives and is closing all the time to fours this is a race that wesley's got a great record in we know that five furlong suits him so i'm following him blindly there you can watch the race back on at the races as well if you choose to um vanessa for you um i would say this race is more interesting than normal because normally wesley will brings his bullets over and then normally our uh, five furlong fillies can't live up to them. But this year, I would suggest that we have a pretty decent crop of two-year-olds in general and two-year-old fillies especially, and especially in the Godolphin Blue. And obviously the favourite's out. That's disappointing news this morning. Real shame. But um, I'd say we've got a much stronger selection in this category this year than Wesley Ward's encountered in a few previous years. And so I wouldn't, I don't think people will be running as scared as they have done previously. And on that note, uh, Divine Spirit, the filly of Charlie Appleby's, is one that caught my eye. That's the filly that I think a lot of people might have seen it on social media. She is, I think she was an 800,000 guineas breeze up purchase from the Craven Sale. She then made her debut at Windsor and she essentially bolted down to the start and looked totally out of control. They got her under control. She loaded into the stalls and then she actually, she was keen enough in the race, but not mad keen. She was fine. And she won pulling out nearly all the stops, not all the stops, but nearly all. Um, and so it might, might not have been as impressive as some other fillies that have made their debut this spring. But for me, I think she didn't do herself any favor. She obviously wasted a lot of energy pre the race. And she's a breeze up horse. She should have been more professional than that, but she wasn't. Now, obviously, that is a bit of a concern at Ascot. But it's interesting, two interesting side notes with Divine Spirit. One is that her dam was second in this race herself, Cheryl, trained by Simon O'Callaghan. And she was second by, I think, just the neck. Um, and then the other interesting side note is this filly actually was due to make her debut at Ascot, but was withdrawn on the ground concerns. Uh, that was obviously a few weeks ago, and then they rerouted to Windsor instead. So it's just two kind of interesting angles there. The breeding side, how much she cost as a breeze-up horse, her raw speed and ability. That form at Windsor has been frank since. The third came out and won at Lingfield. And for me, I think... Um, Look, it's 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 very competitive, and with the Wesley Ward horses, it's even more competitive. Uh, but for me, I think we haven't seen the best of her yet. She obviously clocked a very fast time at the Craven Sale. She's a good-looking, sharp individual. She looks like a rocket, and yeah, she'd be my fancy for this race. Divine Spirit. I think Vanessa Ryle has been spending a bit too much time in my company. 
because you've become attracted to horses with big price tags. 852,000 guineas from the breeze up. Uh, Kamari, $152,000 as a yearling uh, for her. So maybe that's the reverse forecast. Uh, how Kamari. much? 152? Yeah, $152,000 as a yearling. How about the other one? Um, Vanessa's horse, Divine Spirit, cost 850,000 guineas as a two-year-old with the breeze up. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> These big okay. price horses. It's all about the big price horses. Uh, I'll play the reverse forecast with those two, and but I'll stick with Wesley's horse, um, Kimari, uh, to go and, and get the job done again in a race that he has won three times at least, to the best of my knowledge. It is there is a certain sense of awful irony that Queen Mary was the Queen Mary favorite, Chasing Dreams was w- ridden to success by William Buick, and they both. Miss Royal Ascot, but uh, Kieran McAvoy interestingly comes over, so we'll see how all of that plays out. And Kevin Blake goes back to the drawing board. The Queen's Vaz, then, over the new distance of a mile six that we've seen for the last couple of seasons. Uh, Last year, this was a race that was absolutely dominated by Aidan O'Brien. You did a stable tour with him in the last couple of days, and it looks as though his runner will be Western Australia, who uh, got the win last time out at Navin. Not the deepest of races, I would argue, Kevin. No, but the important thing there for him was to show that the confirm the suspicion that the step up and trip would suit him, and he duly did. You know, you couldn't say that he brought his form forward. You know, after all, you know, he was just beaten a length in a, in a for a temperaturity last season, but he did show that the trip is um, is within his his stamina range, and you know, in what will presumably be a stronger contest. And it, you have to say, it doesn't look the strongest Queen's Faz on paper. It really doesn't. Um, that, that he could have the opportunity to, to show a bit more here. And the extra furlong will suit him well. And he's a, he's a likeable colt, and he just looks very solid. He's always looked a real stayer in the making. Um, there was very, very passing mention given to the possibility of Norway running here as well. Um, he ran in the derby, of course, um, and ran okay. Ran okay, but just okay. And uh, would need to improve for the step up and trip, I think, if he was to be a, a, a factor. But you have to respect him based on the, the pick of his form. Um, just a little note to put in, to, to put in beside his name is he, he gets very sweaty and wound up. He did it to Chester and he did it again in the derby and it didn't stop him running well both times, to be fair to him. So um, that's just something to bear in mind that if you see him awash with sweat down at the start, it's not necessarily as big a negative as it would be with other horses. And his brother did that as well, ruler of ruler of the world. So it's not necessarily something to be to be completely panicking about. Um, he didn't end up making the shortlist for your your stable tour, Kev. But he would be interesting, as you said, on, on the pick of your form, pick of the form of the race, and particularly given the fact that it just like if Western Australia is your five to two, three to one favourite, then something's wrong. And you can surely ah, go. Poor, poor old Western Australia. Poor old Western Australia, my eye. I want to get get a winner. So surely there's something else here that we can get at a, at a decent price. Vanessa, do you have anything on your shortlist for this race? Um, it's a very, I'd say it's a very weak race. I was disappointed when I looked at it earlier in a bit more depth, actually, considering, you know, since this race was taken up to Group 2 level, it's produced Stradivarius and Kew Gardens. Yeah. And you'd be very, very surprised if anything of that standard was in this, judging on what we've seen so far. So, yeah, fundamentally quite disappointed. Um, I suppose mentions to two, uh, two maybe. Well, the main one, Dashing Willoughby. Dashing Willoughby for the Andrew Balding team. Already, Asheen Murphy's already jocked up to ride it. This is a horse that uh, ran a really decent second on seasonal reappearance at 
Newbury behind um, Charlie Fellers's King of that horse, um, <laughs> but then disappointed when it went uh, to Chester for the Derby trial behind uh, Sir Dragonet. But that really wouldn't have suited him. The tight track at Chester, he's a big boat of a horse, a uh, big staying type. He'll be stepping up to this distance for the first time. He's out of a, a mare that won at a mile four, I think, and is by Nathaniel, so should stay the distance. I just think he lopes along in front. He's a front runner. Um, if they gave him a little bit more of a chance than they did at Chester, that Newbury form hasn't really stacked up. But this is a weak race. It could end up being a very weak group too. And I just think they've committed to this race already now. He's just one that caught my eye as a horse that will definitely appreciate a more extreme test in stamina. And then also special mention to Eagles by Day. That's the Michael Bell horse out of Miss United by See the Stars. Another one who very lightly raced and um, was only won once, but that was over a mile four. And another who I think will appreciate a step up in trip, ran in the Derby trial and flopped. But again, they, those are the sort of horses that go for these races, the ones that have been tried at um, you know a mile and a half and are basically boats we're looking at boats here that's why um actually now i was going to make a derogatory comment do it i've i've no i didn't i've re i've refrained in my new professional mantra i've refrained from the derogatory comment um but yeah dashing willoughby eagles by day but dashing willoughby probably is the one that caught my eye but it's a week old contest i'm afraid yeah, it just doesn't have the excitement at all of, of last year's race. Norway would be interesting, but he has to bounce back. Jalmud is probably the one who's the most interesting from a betting perspective. He's kind of well-found in the market now, around about 6-1, to one, as I look at attheraces.com. But he is unbeaten in his last two. He's inexperienced, beautifully bred. He's out of dancing rain, buying new approach. And um, went to France last time to win at Longchamp. I think he'd probably be the one I'd land on, but only just only just it's not exactly a race that is uh, getting us entirely excited from a betting perspective as you can hear in our preview now something interesting yeah, has happened I, I, go on well, kev uh, i said i'd just give a very quick mention for eminent authority because he he might run for joseph um, only the two runs so far yeah he might run he, he's been a real surprise package now he, he wouldn't show much at home at all but he's, he's he's really pulled it out on the race course to be fair won around Killarney first time despite not enjoying the track at all um, went into listed company at Leopardstown last time just to see where he was because he done, he done so much more in debut than was expected just kind of had to give him a go and see where he ended up but he actually ran a lovely race um, he got outpaced turning in and then came home very well uh, should definitely improve for the step up and trip. Um, how good is he? I don't know. Uh, but he definitely, based on that last run, he has the potential to improve. And he's not a certain runner just yet. Um, it'll all depend on how he is in the coming days because it's obviously coming a little bit quick after Leopardstown. But um, he, he's been given the entry and, and we'll see how he is in the coming days. Okay, well, as a great man once said, this is a windy race. So given the fact that it is so wide open... And the fact that he won on debut, like you made the point before, Kev, that Joseph's horses, they do their work on the track, like they're ready to run, but it's, it's surprising when they win on debut. So obviously he cut you all on the hop that day um, by Frankel out of Longcrest. It's a stunning pedigree out of a Breeders' Cup winning 
mare by one of the greatest horses we've ever seen. So, yeah, he's he's definitely fascinating. And his price is reasonable, I believe. So he, he could be very, very interesting. W- at what point are we going to know if he's going to run, Kev? Oh, uh, next, next morning, I'd say, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah cl- pretty close to it. Okay, well, well given... Um, be, be left as late as possible. Given the fact that it's such a wide-open race... He'd be he'd be very very interesting if he did. He's a double figure price. He's sixteen to yeah, one on at the races. He'd be interesting, but like I say, you know, it's impossible to know how good he is because he he shows nothing. Uh, nothing. What he's done what he's done so far has been a big big surprise. Um, but I don't think if you knew nothing about his homework and you just watched them, you wouldn't say there was any fluke about it. Like he won despite the track at Killarney, despite the trip, and uh, what he did at Leopardstown was was pretty promising. I think it's fair to say, being as objective as I can. So um, I think he'll improve again, but how much is is anyone's guess, really. What was his problem as a juvenile, Kev? He cost €160,000, but he didn't make his debut till this year. Um, just big backward horse. Big backward horse, needed time, stayer. Um, just wasn't forward enough to run it too. Simple as that. Okay. Look, he's 16 to 1. Uh, it's, a, it's a very fair price. If he's declared, he could be very, very interesting. And... You don't know how good he is, but he might just be good enough to go and win this race because it's not going to take a whole lot of winning. However... Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's actually a full brother to um, Master of Reality that's going to run in the Gold Cup for Joseph as kind of a, an outsider. Yeah. Um, and he's a you know clearly a big staying horse as well, so that's just them. Yeah, I think the fact that he's a big staying type as well is going to suit. But uh, what a pedigree. Frankel out of Longcrest. Fascinating. We'll, we'll see how he gets on if he's declared. Now, the... Feature races of every day at the Royal Meeting traditionally run at 20 past four. However, on day two, the Prince of Wales Stakes, which is undeniably the feature race, has been switched to 3.40 to accommodate Japanese viewers. It'll go off at 11.40 their time. And this is because they are represented by Deirdre. So, Kevin Blake, it's probably fair to say you fancy Deirdre. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, couldn't, couldn't resist could he <laughs> right before we come he saw, to he saw the low hanging fruit oh, and he just had to devour it if I get that <laughs> little it. laugh from Vanessa Isle then I know my job is done and I'm happy uh, it's interesting good, don't, 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 don't judge your um, entertainment value on me I laugh at anything high class yeah. Vanessa Isle if Vanessa Isle's laughing my, my job is done so no you, you need you need if you know you've really hit the spot with Vanessa if the laugh gets a little bit kind of higher pitched we've talked about this before <laughs> there, there is a certain tone of laughter that Vanessa produces when she's when she's really tickled yeah and, and it stretches out you hit that pitch it stretches out that wasn't it Kev there Kennedy that wasn't it I'll take it listen it was a giggle I will happily take it uh, we'll come to the Japanese outsider a little bit later on this is the race of the week this is undeniably the race of the week you've got Aidan O'Brien's magical on a three time winning streak but she's Look, she's beaten Flag of Honor on all occasions. Uh, however, that form with Coronet and Enable from last year looks high class. You've got Sea of Class, the uh, ARC runner-up, making her season reappearance. Crystal Ocean, interestingly, has been rerouted to here as he seeks his first Group 1. Volkeist for the French is in here as well. The Derby winner has his first run since the Derby last year. Uh, Massar and is effectively confirmed for the race now, having possibly being, being rerouted to the Hardwick Stakes and then it's whoever you want Deirdre as well towards the end of the bidding uh, Magical is your favourite she's very short with some she's 11 to 4 with others uh, Sea of Class are in and around the same price Crystal Ocean Volkeist 11 to 2 Massar 7s this is the race of the week Kevin Blake and 
who's going to come out on top yeah I'd, I'd very much be with magical i think she's rock rock solid uh, when we previewed the race for at the races.com there on monday evening she was three to one um second fav and i see the market has corrected since she's more a general kind of nine to four shot now five to two in a few places um and that's more like it i, I could see her shortening a little bit more just because she has zero question marks next to her name she comes into this in the form of her life um conditions will pose no problems at all um whichever way they come up and um she's just really really solid whereas for all that the rest of the field is kind of a who's who um it's a it's just question marks all over the shop um sea of class you know has to show she retains her ability has to show that she's as effective at 10 furlongs um hasn't had a, a fully clear preparation i gather um so and, and you know she doesn't have the three-year-old allowance this season you know magical has already shown this season that she's continued to progress from three to four sea of class will have to prove that and there's not there's you know she should she should you know, she she mentally progressed as last season went on, but you you shouldn't assume it until we see it. So, um, there like I think with this race being so deep, if Sea of Class finished third, her connections would be delighted. Um, well, you know, ultimately, I, ultimately, I I beg to differ on the basis that today I suggested that and William Haggis called me stupid. Really? <laughs> <laughs> he actually called me stupid. Are you sure it was just about that? This is what happened. Like the conversation <laughs> went. Um, he was basically because so it was the Ascot press conference today, and uh, like kind of friends the the international runners. But anyway, Haggis tipped up, and so I grabbed him for a quick interview about CF's class and uh, all of stuff you kind of covered. You know, a bit of an issue in the spring. This is a starting point, and then it was like, you know, this is a starting point. It's uh, we've got a long season ahead, and we've got big end of season targets, right? So it led me to say. Okay, so on that basis, then, William, in such a deep, like what looks like a strong group one, um, what will you be coming home happy with on Wednesday? Like, I didn't think it was that stupid a question. That's a perfectly stupid. reasonable question. It's a completely and reasonable I thought question. he'd say exactly what you suggested, Kevin. I thought he'd say, look, if she travelled really well to the furlong marker and then, you know, fitness told and she came third, I'd be delighted. Right. And he just turned around and he said, now that, Vanessa, is a stupid question. <laughs> I was Jesus like, Christ. well, OK, you know, I'm just suggesting that, you know, on the basis that you've just said that he, she's got bigger targets down the line. Might we just think that, you know, a place would be good. And he and then he kind of like did a little wry smile and carried on. But I was like, oh, cool, stupid by William Haggis at the Ascot Press Conference. <laughs> That's Nailed it. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I presume get, this get, was... I presume... Get, that, get that clip up on Twitter. That'll go viral. Yeah, please. <laughs> somebody has to have access to that on video. And if you do, and you're a regular listener to the oh. show, just clip up Vanessa asking in the question and her being called stupid. Nothing else. And tweet it. No context needed. Just tweet it. Yeah, Vanessa Ryle, final furlong podcast, Vanessa Ryle branded stupid by top trainer, and it'll go viral. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, uh, but as, as, as stupid as Vanessa clearly is, I don't think that was a stupid question. It was a, fin- <laughs> it was a perfectly legitimate question that Kevin and I... And I, I, I think um, if that did happen, they would be happy. I think there, there might just be an element of... Uh, 
a, a pre-race, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it seems like it might take the same, but anyway. Is William ha- has William Haggis been watching Conor McGregor press conferences and is now deciding this is the way to go about things? This is how you promote no, to it. To be fair, I must, I must just add, William Haggis, he, I don't know him that well, but he knows my parents. And oh, every time I see sakes. him, I'm always like, oh, William, can I just grab an inch? And he's just like, I can never get away from you, Vanessa, you and your royal family. And like, it's a bit of a joke. <laughs> okay, so when okay. I dragged him over, I did say, this will be quick and I won't ask anything stupid. <laughs> there we go. Okay. And okay. That, there, that was there, there's our contact. No, yeah, that's well done. Yeah. yeah tro- throwing haggis under the bus. Yeah, that is very well done. <laughs> That's that is throwing him under the bus and burying him at the same time. That man walked away with sore ghoulies after that. And and I'll tell you what else too, because your mother Sally listens to this race is literally referred to as the Dame due to the power that Sally had in the media world and still retains. Sally Ryle meets the most elite in politics, right? <laughs> Sally Ryle. No, that is not true. Sally Ryle is determining who becomes the conservative leader. Ladies and gentlemen, Boris Johnson, your new prime minister. I guarantee you, after listening to this, if Vanessa hasn't already WhatsApped her, William Haggis is going to get a bollocking from Sally Ryan. An absolute bollocking. Uh, I I would have asked that question. Kevin would have asked that question. Anybody would have asked that question. So uh, we all would have been called stupid. In my case, that would be justified though uh, Crystal Ocean and Kev has yet to win a group one they try him over 10 furlongs instead of going for back-to-back Hardwicks are you surprised? I'm a little bit yeah and the, the trip is a question mark really solid horse he's never the sexiest individual he's he's never won a group one I've always really liked him um, I, I think he'll probably be fine over the, over the 10 furlongs but will he be f- fully effective it's a question mark um, Waldgeist looked you know as primarily I just would like to get just over. before look I know that you are, and it was said on Twitter the other day, name me a more important and better race analyst than Kevin Blake. I'll wait. And there is only Kevin Blake. But Vanessa, I'd like your take on Crystal Ocean as well. Um, yeah, Crystal Ocean for me, question marks, definitely. But, I mean, what Kevin said about Magical being so rock solid. Like, if you had asked me Sea of Class or Magical last year on their form with how close they ran Enable, who's obviously the yardstick, I'd be taking Sea of Class every day of the week. But as we've already mentioned, the question marks over her mean that, um, you know, mag- like they come here with that Enable form, but Magical's rock solid and Sea of Class is the opposite of rock solid. Then Crystal Ocean, for me, he has to prove himself here, I think. I'm surprised they're going for this race. I'm surprised. Um, but Michael Stout winning most trainer at Royal Ascot. King of the place. Loves the place. I think this is horrible placing. I think it was horrible placing to skip. I think it was cowardly to skip the arc last year. And I think this is horrible placing. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm I. I just think it's very. I don't think it's horrible. I think it's the wrong adjective. I think it's really interesting that they decide that they're going here. Very odd. Um, and then Massar for me, it'd be great to see him back. The shame is with this race is all the names are there, but there's too many question marks to call it. Mm. You know, people are calling it the race of the week or the Group One of the week or the main. You know, for me. There's not enough. There's so many question marks about those in behind the favourite. It's a bit of a shame, really. Okay. And well, we... Deirdre, we should touch on. Oh, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you've lost track of yourself as well. Why? Hold mad tough there, Vanessa Ryle. Kevin Blake, Valkgeist. So the moral winner of the arc. 
moral winner of the arc, your assessment of him? Um, yeah, we've mostly seen him over a mile and a half, and he, he's looked a good, solid middle distance cold, but he, he was back to an extended 10 and a half last time in the Gane and was very, very good. So, you know, you have to consider the possibility that he might prove even better at uh, that sort of trip. Um, one factual fact I'd mentioned about him that's potentially significant is that he has run outside of France five times and he's never won. Mm. And um, he, he's been below his best every time. Might be nothing in it, but as mentioned, it is a factual fact that he'll have to overcome uh, next week when he comes over. And that, that would be my main concern with him. It's a serious Don't concern guys. for me. A very serious concern with Waldgeist as Vanessa says, um, the fact that he has not run to his level outside of his native France. And that's something that you have to bear in mind. Yes, he was very good on the Sky Sports Racing cameras last time out, but he has to be even better and overcome that issue that has been there. And you can't get away from it. Look, he's, he's traveled the globe and he hasn't done it. Including going but to, like, and, and to be fair to him, like you have to preface it with like he's, he's run well in an Irish Derby. He has, but he also like, he's went run to well out in Germany. But he's just like, he's not he quite was, had his very he was best. Beaten two lengths in Germany, Jesus Christ! He's a Group One horse. He should be mopping up over there. It wasn't necessarily an established Group One horse at the time, though. To be fair, he'd just been you second know. in the Irish Derby, fourth in it. Sorry, fourth, beaten two lengths. Fourth in it, yeah. Second then at Ascot and gets beaten in Munich. Now something, something's not right about when he travels I don't know why maybe as an older horse he'll have improved and little Napoleon will have figured things out but I'm not entirely sure um, Vanessa Vault Guys for you uh, nothing, nothing more to add travel I guess as you've touched upon Derby winner Massar Kevin Blake so he, he goes here obviously we haven't seen him since the Derby dropping back to 10 furlongs instead of going for the Hardwick because leaving that race yeah. wide open but fascinating yeah. runner yeah, sure. Who knows? Who knows? Derby winner. I wouldn't doubt his potential to be fully effective at 10 furlongs, but um, has had an injury. You know, who knows? Who knows? Wouldn't be a shock to anyone if he came back and won. It would be fantastic. But at the same time, again, if he finished third, his connections are probably going to be delighted. Um, so very hard horse to be bullish about. Charlie Appleby, to be fair, is more than capable of producing horses to win after a layoff. And after that, then, you're not really interested in anything else, with the exception of your beloved Deirdre, who is 50 to 1 and at the races. Well, I wouldn't be too quick to rule out Sabeel Prince, um, to be fair to him. You know, he, Sabeel he did Prince, every... who, I mean, how, how often do horses win their first Group 1 as a six year old, Kev? Uh, uh, highly unusual, it's I'd imagine. Highly unusual. Like... I mean, he's got a remarkable race record in the sense he's lightly raced, but he has literally climbed up from handicaps through listed races, looking obviously above average. When the group three that comes out wins a group three this season, then a group one. Yeah, yeah. These look, are look, look at look, you know, look at the way the form is working out from the early Sefton as well. Like Matashri was. Uh, Mustachery was third, you know, Alarcam fourth, Forest Ranger was second, you know, the, it, it's, it's, and he's won that very well on the day, you know, and yeah. he's gone and beaten Study of Man in France. It's, yeah. um, I, I wouldn't <laughs> sleep on him for all that he wouldn't have a sexy profile. A little bit like um, Mustachery and the Queen Anne, um, you're kind of looking at him and knowing, wondering, can you believe the improvement he's seemingly shown um, at this stage of his career? But I, I wouldn't sleep on him now, because, like we're saying, you can run down through him. Crystal Ocean, Massar, Volgeist, uh, Sea of Class—they could all run below themselves. It, w- it wouldn't be wouldn't be at all shocking. 
whereas Zabil Prince comes into it in the form of his life, uh, yeah. you know, with, with, with conditions to suit. And he'll learn, well, he won't be ignored in the market, but he'll, he'll be a double figure price, I'm sure, just because he doesn't have that sexy profile. So and, um, and he might just outrun that. Yeah, he's already 14 to 1 on, uh, on at the races. Uh, maybe I was a bit dismissive of him, to be fair. Um, he is closing into 12s, but Forest Rangers come out. Um, Regal Reality has come out and, and won as well. So, yeah, that, that form is interesting. So, yeah, but ultimately, lads, just don't complicate your mind. Just back magical. Yeah, so look, my bet of the week is magical. And I said this on a preview recently and I was rubbished for saying it because someone said to me actually that she's only barely as good as uh, Magic Wand and might not be as good as her. And I went, what are you? We had a full on row. Google it, you'll find it somewhere. So I I just think that this horse is ideally suited to this race and it's music to my ears, Kev, that you're talking her up in the way that you are. So before I get your full conclusion on her, Vanessa, Magical, Sea of Glass, Crystal Ocean, Massar, who is it for you? Deirdre, win. Put the mortgage oi, on oi. Jesus. Wayne <laughs> <laughs> gone. Uh, no, I would, if I had to have a bet in this race, um, I think I'd probably back Zabil Prince to be in the placings. There you go. Uh, that's actually a great shout, Kev, with that whole form of, your li- form of his life line against other horses other than magical that aren't full of good ideas okay i was i was very pro c of class until a william haggis called me stupid <laughs> but also b um genuinely talking to william and the whole line about bigger targets further down so yeah i think magical to win and zabil prince to chase her home you've stolen my that. bet that's that's the forecast bet Magical there we go. and with Sabeel Prince to overperform against a lot of horses who've got question marks. Kev, magical, don't complicate your mind, just lump on. Yep, simple as that. Happy days, bet responsibly and all that malarkey. Uh, 4.20, so what should be the Prince of Wales stakes now becomes the Duke of Cambridge stakes. Or, or the Prince of Wales, as it's now known. The Prince of Wales, yeah. So that switches to 3.40 to accommodate the Japanese and their 50 to 1 shot. You, you're not familiar with that reference, Kennedy. You're clearly not up at your current events. Keep going, explain. Uh, Trump put out a tweet today where he referred to the Prince of Wales as the Prince of Wales. W H A L E S. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he would think that, wouldn't he? Did he do a gif of a, of a whale uh, leaping how through have the you sea? I've not seen it. Loads of people are putting out pictures of whales with crowns on them. Jesus. I've been stuck in, in the studio all day. So to the 420, Rodda for Sir Michael Stead is your 4 to 1 favourite. I Can Fly, interestingly, has an entry here and is being supported at 5 to 1. Pretty baby, voracious. Anna Numerium, we've got Awesome Tank in there as well. Red Team moves swiftly. Kevin Blake, break this one down for us. Um, not a race I have a big view on. Um, I Can Fly is going to have to carry a £3 penalty here. And I've been a small bit disappointed with her so far this season. You know, I thought based on what she did in the... QE2 last year at the back end, you know, running, roaring line so close, you know, I thought she could be a real big factor um, amongst the older horses this season. And she's been a bit disappointing. You know, very good comeback at Dundalk, had nothing to beat, but did it very well. And, um, you know, a little bit more like it last time, maybe, but she really should have, she should have won um, that group two at the Curra and she didn't. Um, she's missing the kick a bit these days. Um, she just isn't what I'd consider a reliable conveyance 
at the minute and uh, giving away three pounds is going to be tough enough for her I thought yeah she's probably going to be backed as well given that Aiden's got such a, a strong contention on, on day one which we've already talked about with with Peter um but you can see her being backed. Hy- Hydrangea went off a ridiculously short price for this race last year and got stuffed. So if you're going to take on I Can Fly, who it, she was a horse you were very keen on at one stage, who are you going to land on instead? I know it's a race you're not overly mad about, but who would be your alternative? No, I, I, I'm not going to even put one up here. I'm really struggling to get to get enthusiastic about any of them. I'll leave it to Vanessa. All right. Uh, I shall suggest an Anurium very tentatively Vanessa take it away who's yours um look as Kevin has alluded to it needs someone to go to through it with a fine tooth comb at this stage because everything in here pretty much has a chance but pretty baby caught my eye for James Doyle and William Haggis and not just I don't just keep mentioning him because of the previous joke um but pretty baby she won on seasonal reappearance at Lingfield in the Group 3. And that was a pretty decent run. She was badly played. She made the running. She was headed, and then she really toughed it out at the end. And she's just the filly that... Well, the Haggis team are actually in great form, all joking aside, um, at the moment. And they're firing a lot of bullets at Ascot this year, more than ever. And But she's one that definitely, out of all of his runners, I really sort of pricked my ears up at simply because of the way the race went for her at Lingfield last time. I just think that uh, she toughed it out. She did it the tough way at Lingfield. And I'm hopeful that she might take another step forward from that seasonal reappearance. That was a group three. She obviously steps up to a group two now um, in a wide open race. I, yeah, I think she, she was the one that I fell on in the end. I'm happy with that. More than happy with that, Vanessa Ryle. Pretty baby. For Vanessa, her great close personal friend, William Haggis and James Doyle. Somebody please do that video. Stupid question. Uh, as we move on to one of the big betting races of the entire week, the director said, going to you live. Where, where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? Kevin was gone. Uh, off to celebrate the victory of good friend David Mernan at Settle for Bay, who bids to become only the second horse to win this race twice, literally since 19 dickety do. It was 1947 and 1948. The horse was called Master Vos. For those of you who like a good quiz question, maybe that'll feature in the Christmas quiz later in the year. Um, Settle for Bay is running off a mark of 105. He blitzed them last year, Kev. It was an absolutely stunning performance. It was the tipping performance of the week, and there is money coming for him now. Uh, 10 to 1, but shortening all the time into 9s and 8s. Do you retain the faith in David Marnan's runner? Yeah, look, things haven't been straightforward for him since. You know, the style in which he won it, you know, God, he must have been one of the most impressive Hunt Cup winners in recent decades. He was, he was brilliant. Um, but things haven't gone right for him since. He picked up a foot problem not long after that that ruled him out of the rest of the turf season. He was then brought out to Dubai where he disappointed a couple of times, emerged that he had a breathing problem, um, had surgery to correct that out there, and then came home. And look, it's been a steady build since, but his run at Leopardstown the other day, or this day last week, I should say, was, was very good, I thought. It was a nice step in the right direction. Uh, finished off the race very well. I'm sure you wouldn't need to be a, a rocket scientist to work out that Dave has been targeting, targeting him for the Hunt Cup again. And... You know, while he need to do more of a six pound higher mark, 
Um, he won with more than six pounds in hand last season, you'd have to say. So if you put your faith in Dave to, to get him back in the same sort of form he was in last season, um, he must have a shout. You know, a horse like him, hold up horse, would always be at the mercy of draw and having pace in front of him. But if he, if he was to get it, you know, you'd have to give him uh, you'd have to give him a good chance. Okay, is he going to be your main selection, Kev? Uh, the, these races, I, I'd really struggle to be bullish before we see the draw, because you really have to see the draw, have to see where the pace is. Um, ideally, you know, you wait until the day of the race and you, you get a look at the track the day before to see how it was playing. Um, but he, he'd certainly be on the shortlist at this stage. Okay, there's two on my shortlist. He's not one of them, but he will definitely be in any trifecta or box exact, as Peter T. Fornatel would say, that, that I'll play. Uh, the two, and Vanessa, this will be important to bring you in on, one would be a real feel-good story after the terrible thing that happened last week, and that's Jamie Osborne's Raising Sand, who Jamie Osborne yeah. loves Royal Ascot. That man loves the Royal Meeting, and he's got some record there as well. And this horse has clearly been targeted there. His last three runs have all been at Ascot, including a win. And the other is much more exposed horse who, when I was going through this last night, I was a bit, I was a bit taken aback that he's still a full horse. Robin of Navin, who was group one class, a group one winner as a juvenile, got murdered last time out. But that run against Zaki at Ascot back in the first of May, I thought was very interesting. And they're both in and around... 14, 16 to 1 if you shop around fair enough I thought they were interesting Vanessa Ryle for you yeah interesting shouts Robin of Navin is the epitome of bringing group group race form into a handicap um, but you'd have to be a touch disappointed um, with the way his last few runs have gone considering what he showed previous uh, you know a little while ago now so I don't know about I don't know I'm more questionable about him but Raising Sands definitely is one that caught my eye as well for the Jamie Osborne team. Horse who loves Ascot has won there over a mile and the seven furlongs. Um, a seven-year-old now, but as you've touched upon, I think they'll have been targeting this for a good while. Uh, I think he, I, I like his, inter, you know, the fact he loves the track, as it goes without saying, it's a massive positive. And I think he'll, like we said, will definitely have been targeted at this race by Jamie Osborne. He's likely to be ridden by Nicola Curry, um, who knows him pretty well at this stage. And he's just a horse that he, you know, really brings his A game to these sort of events. And so he really caught my eye. And then new graduate, obviously topping the market for the James Tate team, uh, pretty solid performer, pretty decent performer. And the reason that he kind of tops such competitive betting market at this stage is because his win a last time out at Ripon, uh, the form has been franked left, right and centre. And so um, he's obviously been catching the eye. He's a pretty classy performer. But yeah, I think for me, Raising Sands, actually, I fall with you. I, mean, I, I really I really like him for this race. I know, like we said, we've, we've, we've seen the best of him, but we know what he can do. And I like him here. I know he's got to take on these progressive horses coming up like new graduate, but uh, he's a solid bet. You're going to get good run for your money, aren't you, with him? You really should. I mean, we are draw dependent here. We are at the mercy of the draw. Yeah. But given his record at Ascot, the fact that his last three runs have been there, the fact that Jamie Osborne loves to have a winner at the track, I look, you go on at the races and you'll see various different bookmakers. Some of them are going five places. On the day, you're going to get someone going six. Someone's going to go six places. If this horse is double figures at six places, just do what Vanessa Ryle and I are going to be doing. Up and down the lines. 
clean up as much as you can and get it all on Racing Sand and we'll see you in Dubai and throw in Robin of Navin and settle for Bay for your trifecta and we're just we're golden absolutely golden fascinating race uh, the concluding race then is the five furlong Windsor Castle Stakes obviously towards the head of the betting on attheraces.com right now is Mr. Wesley Ward who loves these races and loves this trip at Chili Pitten six to one Bumproof could go here but Kev has made a very strong case off air and I presume on the Thursday you will be putting this horse up for uh, the big race on that day the Norfolk Stakes Kev I suspect that you think that's where the horse is going to go uh, but I'll, I'll lead it with you my man Sunday Sovereign is double entered triple entered in fact bomb proof as well but you're expecting him from what I've said to you off air you're going to be talking more about him on the Thursday um, we've both spoken to Peter off air he's quite keen on these Wesley Ward horses and Chili Petten sets a, a pretty decent standard on what he's done so far yeah, look, I be, I'm just, I'm not acting in anything other than my own uh, selfish hopes. I'm hoping Bombproof goes for the Norfolk, but he could well go here, and if we did go here, he would be the selection for sure. Um, I think he'd be the one to beat in either race, but it'll be up to his connections where he goes. Um, you have to respect the Ward horses, especially over the minimum trip. Um, that their, you know, historical record is superior over that than over further. Um, and yeah, I don't have loads else. You know, Sunday Sovereign is still in the mix to go, to to run either here or in the Norfolk. Um, Temple of Heaven is one we mentioned uh, in the context of the Coventry. You know, he'd be interesting. I think he'd have the pace to come back in trip if they wanted to as well. And uh, Ventura Rebel, you know, surprising there hasn't been more chat about him. You know, he's two from two. He's uh, he's changed hands since his last win. Um, which isn't a huge surprise, but he he beat Lady Pauline, Lady Pauline, sorry, of Wesley Ward's at Ascot last time in what was a big upset at the time, but there was no fluke about it, and he won in the style of one that would benefit from that in terms of experience and and know how. So he should be well equipped for Ascot after that, and um, yeah, he'd be one that'd be on the shortlist as well. But again, these especially the Norfolk and the Windsor Castle, there's so many of these two-year-olds that are double and triple entered, um, you know, and we don't have to draw either. So, again, the, these races, like the handicaps as well, you just, uh, you you can have your short list, but I think it, it's probably best to hold on to your final opinion until you have all the information in the old pot. Okay, Ventura Rebel is now in American ownership, uh, I think, is it Ab- Manani, but they're, they're very famous American colors, if I remember correctly, but for Richard Fahey. And uh, will be fascinating. Vanessa Ryle. Um, no real strong opinion, I'm afraid. Just they're all like a load of bullets are going to line up across the track and the fastest one will win. Um, Wait, breaking news. The fastest one will win. Note that down, <laughs> Kev. Make a note of that. <laughs> I just meant more like, you know, you scroll down through them and 98% of them have either won on debut or a double winners or a one has won and come second since. I mean, there's loads of decent horses in here on what we've seen so far. I thought it was quite interesting that when we when Sky went to see Joseph O'Brien last week, his one of the horses he put up as a horse to look forward to for the week was Air Force Jet. But um you know, again, no, as we've said, no one's got any idea what's running where. So that's very tentative. But uh, obviously, I don't know, it must be a horse that 
was relatively near the top of his mind when we asked the question. Um, but other than that, not much to report, I'm afraid. All right. Well, Kevin, latest to report on Air Force Jet? Uh, no decision yet. He's double entered as well. It'll be the Windsor Castle or the Norfolk. And um, yeah, you know, you can see the case for them. He'd be the best of Joseph's kind of sharp two-year-olds. Um, and I was impressed with him at Navin. He beat a horse about O'Brien's called Southern Hills, who is, is held in some regard. And he did it despite not really handling Navin at all. Um, if you watch it closely, when he heads off downhill there in the closing stages, he, he switches his leads five times between the, the two furlong pole to the one furlong pole. You know, he got very unbalanced and I was headed and had to be switched around Southern Hills, but he's really come back at him in the final furlong to nib him. Um, and I thought that was quite impressive. So uh, there's plenty of ability in there. His mammy, uh, Windfire, was a really fast um, filly. Um, I'm trying to think that she run at Ascot. She was, she did. She was third in, um, she was third in Norfolk, no name ever, in Coach House. Uh, there you go. No, that's interesting. So, He's um he, he's bred to do the job by charm spirit and yeah like I say he's a nice two year old and he he did well to win last time so I'd be disappointed if there wasn't more to come from that um, but we'll just hold fire in terms of which race he goes. The point that you've made several times is that Joseph's horses need their first outing that the work is done at the track they're ready but they will very much improve from debut. This horse was only beaten a short head. Uh, and as you said, he didn't really handle Navin, but still managed to go and win. But he's owned by Qatar Racing. And he was sent off 4-11. to 11. He was 5-2 to two on debut. The Sheiks were up and down the line, filling in as much as they could. They're always at it. They're at it. With all- Whenever the Sheiks come for a horse in the market, you need to pay very, very close attention. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Watch out for those little bags in the parade ring because if you see little bags heading for the betting ring you know it's on uh, speaking of a shake can I ask you Vanessa Ryle about Expressionist the Knight of Thundercolt who won on debut say that again sorry Expressionist Vanessa who won on debut ah uh, yes and Knight of Thunder who everyone's got terribly overexcited about as a stallion apparently mm-hmm. all his breeze up horses were rocketing around the place and then obviously this came out and went on debut and so did a, f- a few others everyone's terribly excited obviously a course and distance winner um I mean, could easily go off favourite in this race, but so could a final song and everything else that Godolphin and any other high-profile shakes send to a race like this. Sheiks. The shakes are going to be on. Keep an eye out for the shakes being on. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're on to something here. We're on to something here. I'm telling you. We're on to something. Uh, Best bet of the day. Day two. Vanessa Ryle. Who's it going to be? Best bet of the day. Yes, best bet of the day, Vanessa. Surprisingly, Vanessa. It wasn't going to come. Oh, I, I didn't think we were doing <laughs> oh best my bets God. today. Who would have thought that in a day two Royal Ascot preview for At The Races, which is the digital partner of the broadcast partner, Sky Sports, who would have thought oh, I would have asked you for a best bet? Jesus. Don't be, don't be a sarcastic Sally now, okay? <laughs> Nobody likes a sarcastic Sally. I will go with, thank you, Divine Spirit in the first. There you go. Well done, Vanessa. Is that your nap? Yes. Take it as what you want. Now give us something at a bigger price. 
Deirdre and the Prince of Wales. Hey. <laughs> Go on, Deirdre. Go on, Producer D. Kevin Blake, your nap of the day. Um, magical. And Boom. your bigger prize horse? Settle for Bay. Okay. You said that oh. with real confidence. You said that with yeah, so cause, much cause confidence, six to Kevin. One. What? <laughs> he's six because it's six to one. Biggest prize, bigger prize, bet of the day, six to one. Hold on a second he's a, now. He's much bigger. Hold on a second. Vanessa Ryle has really been spending way too much time in my company because not only has she become very fascinated <laughs> with horses that cost an awful lot of money, she's also become adept at quoting the shortest price possible about a horse. You can get ten to one widely about Settle for Bay. You can get twelve to one. Yeah, can you though? Well, you can actually. Bet three six five. Yeah, fair enough. So there you go, there Vanessa. Go. There you go. All right, so settle for bay. A real mark of confidence there for Kev. Uh, I'll take him on. Raising for sand. Raising for sand. Jesus Christ. Raising sand for Jamie Osborne for a fairy tale story. Robin of Navin to chase him home with settle for bay back in third. Uh, and if you want the inside track on raising sands, um, Hugh Taylor. Uh, has a share in him and spoke about him at length at the very back end of the Ascot preview that's on at theraces.com interesting just give us a spoiler alert what did he say lump on uh, he'd love the rain to keep coming that's for sure okay. horse that likes knees in the ground and um, yeah he would have given you encouragement I would think that the way Ascot plays out these days that even if it is good ground you're still going to be alright I would have thought we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see um be fantastic for Hugh if he manages to go and win imagine if he tips him and then he goes and wins <laughs> uh, that would be telling in itself uh, Robin and Navin would definitely be my other play in that race and the better the entire week is magical which means she's obviously the nap of the day she just goes and wins don't overcomplicate your mind she wins Peter T. Fornatel joins us again for our day three preview of Royal Ascot we've got Declan Ricks alongside us for day four and Roy Delargy and Declan Marr are with us for Saturday's preview of day five of Royal Ascot every single race live on Sky Sports Racing all the information that you need and plenty much more is there for you on attheraces.com not least stable tours done by the main man himself Mr. Kevin Bryan the most important Kevin Bryan oh Jesus I've fallen apart well- Kevin Blake <laughs> Producer D can you just line up all the painkillers every one of them I need them all uh, what's, that, what's that for? <laughs> hey, you have some sort of physical problem <laughs> well, there's a ban on talking about physical problems didn't realise there was anything wrong with you all no, the painkillers all of them now and uh, we'll get stuck into those thanks very much Kevin Blake spoke to Aidan O'Brien and it's an interesting very very fascinating stable tour uh, Vanessa Ryle has done a lot for all the content as well which you'll see on Sky Sports Racing lots of trips to Ireland and that's there throughout the week as well Vanessa as always an absolute pleasure my darling thanks very much and just an FYI I am many things but I'm not stupid Mr Haggis <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> we're watching you Haggis we are watching you can't wait for Sally Royal to get stuck into him. Kevin Blake, I will talk to you for the day three preview coming up. Good luck. And hopefully you enjoy it. Some gold nuggets, I hope, there. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for all the kind words on social media as well. If you like the podcast, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Our Kevin Blake will steal your phone, give it to a Russian hacker, and make them do it. So save yourself the hassle. It'll be much easier this way. And we'll talk to you for day three later on in the week on attheraces.com. God bless. 
Have you downloaded the free app The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.